Hello, and welcome to Big Sound Small Town. I'm your host, Sandy Carlton. The small towns and communities of Cleveland County, North Carolina have long been a hotbed of music in all its many forms. Several Cleveland County musicians have found commercial success and critical acclaim in the music industry. Yeah, everybody knows the Earl Scruggs, Don Gibson, Patty Loveless, and Alicia Bridges are from Cleveland County. Donald Byrd, too. So this is not a podcast about them. This is a podcast about the musicians who are still here to keep music alive here. This is the stories, and you need to know them and know the people who are making the music. This is not, this is not your normal podcast. My guests for this show, Brian Edmondson and Tommy Brooks, are so intertwined musically that it just seemed right to tell their story together. And it was actually Brian's idea. And it's the first for the show. Uh, two fabulous musicians sharing their music and their story. Give it a listen. Today on Big Sound, Small Town, I'm with my guests, Brian Emerson, Tommy Brooks, members of the Oak Grove String Band, as well as being members of the historical Cleveland County musical families. just a little touch of their music. They'll tell you how to get in touch with a lot of their music before this is over with. All right, guys, you both come from legendary and historic Cleveland County musical families. Uh, where would you like to begin? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think the uh, best place to start is at the beginning. So let's start there. In the traditional. In the traditional sense. Okay. So, um, right here in Oak Grove, North Carolina, as we call it. Um, I was born in 75. What year were you born? 72. 72. So, that was right in the prime thick of the bluegrass history that comes from our family. So, um, my dad, Jerry Edmondson, was a member of Bluegrass Tar Heels. And, and as I grew up and as I met Tommy at a very, very young age, uh, it was both of them, you know, heavy influence on our lives and the community because I don't remember doing anything other than going to bluegrass festivals and just sitting in the yard picking and having folks stop by and the whole focus of our childhood was you know learning that music so it's funny the guitar that I played was my granddad's guitar and it sat in the closet and when I was about 12 years old I wanted I wanted it I wanted to play it and my dad he, he plays a little bit and he said well when you can tune it you can have it 
prior to Tudor's. 1982 yeah. or three, there wasn't any internet, wasn't any YouTube. And uh, I would go play with Brian's older brother, Steve. And I just had to walk in the house when he was teaching, Jerry was teaching Brian's older two brothers how to tune the guitar. <laughs> and I sat there and I watched him teach Steve to tune one and I watched him teach Terry to tune one. And I went home and I've had this been my acoustic guitar ever since because I could tune one. But that was my introduction into actually playing music was just being at their house and, and watching Jerry teach his little boys music, you know. And because uh, by that time my granddad had died and the music park had closed, but my granddad had Crossroads Music Park. And so from the time I can remember being just a little kid up until then, um, Every weekend was at my grandmother's house with Loretta Lynn, Conway Twitty, you name it, having breakfast Sunday mornings, gospel pickings with Tex Ritter and Kitty Wells, and um, just sitting at the store. And on Sunday evening, everybody was picking at my granddad's store. And then when we had our store, sit around in the evenings and pick. And, and it's so funny, all the first chords and the way to hold a pick and the way to hold a guitar that I learned was from watching. Jerry was one of the best banjo players I around. Agree, totally. Uh, teaching his boys to play guitar. So he had some accompaniment. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Steve played the bass and Terry played guitar and Mark played piano a little bit yeah. and Ryan played guitar. And we had a house full of instruments. Just and like it, was it was about fiddles, uh, mandolins, banjos. And it's funny that with that heavy of country music influence of my beginnings and bluegrass and Brian's beginnings and then mine is bluegrass playing my first full songs with somebody else that uh, from 12 when I turned 15 I saw uh, my first Iron Maiden concert <laughs> I've never I went 10 years and never played acoustic guitar again and the same thing happened to me in, in high school with R&B hitting the scene right. and just general rock and roll and the, you know, the bands and we were my first music concert was uh, Molly Crew. Yeah, uh, totally different. Older brothers who were hair band guys, you know, or at least following that. Mm -hmm. So, um, but I, I really remember from the beginning sitting back and sitting in our living room and listening to the band practice, you know, Bluegrass Tar Heels, and right. the County Partners was coming along at the same time. Right. And just remember the thick harmonies, you know, the tight bluegrass harmonies. And mm -hmm. they really spent a lot of time on that. And, uh, you know, a lot of it was gospel bluegrass. So, it was very soulful and I think Tommy and I both really lean on that these days in our music as being one of the prideful things about our bands that we're in well that is one of the things that you guys do good and you want to expand on how y'all learn to do that I mean you don't wake up most of us and can sing harmony together well without I'll, drifting I'll tell you how I first started singing harmony was uh, I was playing in a southern rock band I was playing bass in a southern rock band and we were learning, uh, oh, it was an old Molly Hatchet song. It was uh, the. Not Fergal Disaster? No. It wasn't Molly Hatchet, it was Marsh Tucker Band, Marsh Can't You See? Yeah. yeah. Right? Okay. Right. Got three part harmony in it, right. but a straightforward harmony. And of course, our drummer sang, and one of our guitar players sang, and nobody else in the band sang. And, and uh, he said, "Won't you sing that middle part?" And I said, well, "How do I know if I'm if I'm right?" He said, "If it sounds wrong, you're right." <laughs> <laughs> In my ear, because I kept wanting to go to the melody. Right. And he said, "No, you know, because 
because I jumped to the melody. Right. No, he said, if it sounds wrong, that's the right note. Because I was hit the right note and it would sound wrong to me. Right. And I always remember that, you know, that, that was my first taste of, of really actually singing harmony. And uh, then playing music with Brian. Uh, when, that, when Dave, you and David were learning all the dead tunes. Yeah, it, it was, I went from bluegrass to heavy metal and went on the road out of high school and played electric guitar in a band and grew my hair long and wore spandex pants and did all kinds of embarrassing <laughs> things and learned a lot about the music industry. I learned that uh, the promoter made a lot of money and the bar owners made a good bit of money and the, <laughs> the guys that leased us our bus made a good bit of money and the guys that serviced our gear made a good bit of money and the sound man always made money and at the end of the night after we put fuel in the truck and a little bit of food in our bellies and paid our bar tabs. There was no money for anything else. Mm -hmm. And I, I quit playing music. I said, that's it. I'm done with that for a while. I started my own business and, and Brian invited me to come to Wilmington and stay with him a little bit. And you just got out of the military, I believe. And they were playing a lot of Grateful Dead stuff and I had never heard any Grateful Dead. I was a member of Columbia House and had unopened Europe 1972 vinyl and cassette. <laughs> unopened. Okay, I go down. I listen to him play when it's over. I said, "Man, you guys write all those songs?" Or like, "Oh yeah, all these brothers are great from dead, man." I'm like, "Wow, you know, because I missed that. I didn't come oh, yeah. straight from high school to on the road playing hard rock. I missed all that from you well, know, the sugar magnolia. Yeah, I didn't yeah. know what that was. And uh, and so I came home and and having just a little bit of guitar that I had been playing because I played drums in that heavy metal band was all. Heavy metal chords, rock and roll chords, minors, diminished, all the scales, you know, nothing in a major progression or, or, or any kind of happy, everything's yeah. real dark, you know. And, and so I'd get behind the chord, you know, and I'd go, okay, yeah, yeah, that's that song's in E, right? And then I'd play a lead over it, and I'd go, whoa, that's not right at all. That's not right. None of those notes were there. Until I learned how to play in front of the notes, and, and that's what really... Having that challenge, having that challenge, and right, well, that's exactly what it did because, like I said, I, when I opened up Europe 72, well, that's just a bunch of old country tunes, and I knew all those Marty Robin tunes and heard them all, you know, and uh, and me and David Robbins was singing singing those harmonies, and then when Brian came around, put the three in there, the yeah, the third part in, and well, you got sang in, in yeah, acapella, yeah, I sang in chorus and stuff in school, but you know, also. Right. Yeah, are able to do that, but most people don't lay in their living room floor and listen to Luther Channeling and <laughs> that's true. Setzer and you know everybody sing harmony, Tom Killian. Right. And actually listen to people say, "You sing this part. You're on yeah. air." So I'm sneaky. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm five years old and sneaky. Yeah. Oh, what's that? How'd you bend that? You know? Oh yeah. And then we had a piano there, so I tried to match and match those harmony those notes. Yeah. The piano and it became very linear to me, and, mm -hmm. and just. Um, Something that, if I'm going to have a good song, I, I'd like to hear some harmony. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Something, well, something's, you know, whether it's subtle or just, um, you know, augmented, like some of those great Would, would I be putting y'all out to get y'all to sing something with two parts right here? Hmm? Yeah. We might work something out before we want to play. Is this the old Carolina? Yeah, that's a good one. That, uh, what, May? Can you sing that? Yeah, I'll put it back. It's cool. I'll put it back. Mm -hmm. 
start playing together I mean well uh, Rental House was just you know I played in a talent show with Tommy when I was in the ninth grade when yeah, I was in the 11th grade and um, <laughs> it was a bunch of mess but it was good hey we, <laughs> i tell you what though and it's what I tell all of my daughters play a little bit my youngest is one of she's the only one that's really taking a handle to it and gets up on stage and plays right. and she enjoys it and uh, I had horrible stage fright I tried to sing a chorus, I did a one-year course, and the first concert we had, I, I stood backstage and threw it up. It was horrible. Almost passed out. Couldn't get, can't get, couldn't get in front of people. And uh, then decided I was going to suck it up because 
His brother Steve told me, he said, well, that's the hardest part about playing is just walking out there. Once you start, it's the same song you've been playing in the basement. They turn the lights on, you can't see anybody. That's true. And uh, we played that high school talent show, and it was a, it was something. But what it did was it made me say, I'm going to do this every day for the rest of my life. Well, after school, you know, we both went our separate ways playing music, and it wasn't until... Jerry got sick. Yeah, Jerry got sick and that brought me home from... You guys, you and your brother were in a band in Missouri, right? We were playing, yeah, that's what that's all I was doing was playing music. And uh, we were, this is probably 2000, around 2000. Yeah, 99, I think y'all played with, at the bank party. And, uh... So was this bluegrass? And that no, was no. jazz and okay. rock and roll and dead covers and blues. And um, our the lead guitarist in the band went to the St. University of St. Louis, I think, played jazz. And so he was from there, and we decided, hey, we're going to go where you were from. Right. Hit that scene. We were doing great in Wilmington and, you know, East Coast, and just burning it up. No. So, um, but, you know, just like all bands who give it a shot like that, and you got you to weather the storm, which is the money part mm -hmm. of it. And uh, our dad got sick with the Gauchet's disease. That's what dad passed away from. And mom was like, you know, we may have a good year or two left. And um, so you make your own decision. There was no pressure. And I said, well, I'm going to spend them at home. And so I did. Me and Mark packed up, came home, and saw Tommy that day. And oh, really? Pulled up in the drive. Hey, man, home, you want the jams up? <laughs> that's a funny story. I mean, that's, all, that's almost like fate right well, there. It's, a, it's, a, it's really funny because I had built, when I got out of that band and I was on the road with, I was the only guy that didn't spend my money on on drugs and right. women, and I saved my band money. When the band was over, everybody in the band owed the band fund money. Right. Except for me. And so I when it came time to go, I sold all the gear. I took their money and put it to what they owed the band fund, which was mine because they borrowed my part. Right. And uh, I built me a nice 24 by 24 building on an acre of land and built a little pond beside it, and that was my little music room. Right. And, uh, I had had all my gear in there and nobody to play with because I'd quit associating. I'd stop, stop drinking and I didn't really want to hang with those people anymore. And I was just driving up the road and saw, saw Steve and Terry, his older two brothers, standing out in the front yard of his daddy's house. And I hadn't seen them in a while. They were playing in the band Rock House and they were playing every motorcycle rally between Florida and New York State. They were playing everywhere, New Hampshire, all the way to, to Key West. and. They were there, and I was like, man, so I pulled in, someone out here come a Jeep pulling in, there's Brian and Mark. Yeah. Well, we talked, you know, and had, had dinner. I think Mom made some sandwiches, and we had dinner and, and left. And I went home, and I called Donna's mom, and I said, could I have everybody's telephone number? And she gave me everybody's telephone number. She said, Mark and, and Brian will be back here in just a little bit. So I called Steve. I said, hey, Steve, Steve played bass. Best bass player in Cleveland County. Best bass player in North Carolina. Don't play bass in a band. Oh, yeah. Right? But just just unbelievable bass player. I said, uh, so I called Steve at home. I said, hey, Steve, it's Tommy Brooks. Hey, how you doing, man? I said, since you guys ain't jamming anymore, are you? He said, no. I said, well, I talked to Brian and Mark and Terry. And they said, if you play bass, Mark play the drums, Brian and Terry play guitar. And coming out of my band room, I got full PA. He said, man, you know what? I love jam. That'd be great. So then I hung up. And I called Terry and I said, hey, Terry. <laughs> talked to Steve and he said, if you play guitar, he played bass, Mark played drums, Brian played guitar, he jammed. And he said, man, that sounds good. 
So then I called back up to the house and I said, Donna, is Brian there? And he said, yeah. And I said, hey, Brian. I talked to Steve. He said, if you play guitar, Mark played drums. Uh, we get down there and jam to her play guitar. Mark, he, he told Mark. And, and that's how we got. And we went down. We showed up. Now, Steve and Terry have been playing straight Southern rock. Brian and Mark have been playing Grateful Dead, Arm Brothers, Jam Band, Jazz, flip side of that music corner. Right. And I had been just off the road five years playing heavy metal drums. Right. Longing to play guitar, trying to get back into playing guitar. And when we showed up, we played for what? Four hours probably. Nonstop. And at the end, we had two questions. What are we going to call ourselves and what's going to be the first gig we play? Mm -hmm. And we, I, I've been in a band with Brian. That's, that was in 99, 2000, 2000. So, I mean, he's been playing music in, in some form. Almost probably 95% of the gigs I play I'm on stage with Brian since that time. Yeah. In what, four different bands? Yeah. And y'all are still in like four different bands. Well, right? play Harvest. That was the name of that band. Was Harvest, and we kept that name that they brought from Missouri with them in Wilmington. Yeah. And played Harvest. So Harvest has been playing music continually since '96. Yeah. Since a long time. And um, I don't see it stopping for a while either. Uh -huh. We're getting into a new groove with Harvest right now, where we've uh, added the piano player uh, okay. Scott Sanders. I don't know if you know him. Yeah, I do. And. Um, Tommy's now playing guitar again and Harvest and uh, just the, 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 it's a bunch of good guys too, you know, on top of pretty good musicians and that allows us to forgive each other a lot of times. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But we just, we're, we're having fun, productive practices and write music and, and um, that's that's a good side of it for us. We, when we were playing all those shows with, with Harvest, we were playing quite a bit. We were practicing, you know, a couple times a week and then it got down once a week. Steve went off and did his thing, and then Terry went off and did his thing, and Mark went off and did his thing, and, and I played drums some and bass some. What had started to happen was um, that last year, our first year and a half that I was playing with Harvest, I was playing a lot of bluegrass with Jerry because the boys were playing with Jerry. Right. So when we would do a show, we, we did. Yeah. One of the last time he played on stage, all four of y'all and, and me was on stage down to May Party. May Party. Rolled him on stage in a wheelchair, put the banjo on him, he said, Hold on, and he played on some road blues about 900 miles. Yeah, I'm sure. We did, uh, what's that place on Lafayette Street on the square that used to be there? The, like the, the old time opry or something? Yeah, the yeah, comic yeah. book shop. Yeah, comic yeah, yeah. Shop. yeah. yeah. Uh, Steve Leatherwoods. Yeah, yeah, Leatherwoods. Several shows with him there. And, and Jerry had told me, he because when I was playing that heavy metal band, the guitar player in that band was a classically trained guitarist right. who had turned to play more. We were doing some Joe Satriani stuff, some Mountain so a lot of really hardcore classical picking, you know. Um, and he was, his technique was so flawless, he never missed a note. And he never showed me any scales or modes or anything. He showed me picking patterns and practicing patterns to get my up-down stroke, right. get my strings skipping to work, do my sweeping and arpeggio, stuff like that. Well, so I've always had a pretty good up and down pick. Right. And Jerry says, boy, you got them little fingers, you need to play mandolin. He said, let me get you a tape and get you a mandolin. Well, I went to the music store and bought me a little Fender A-type mandolin for about, I don't know, 75 bucks. Showed up at Jerry's house and said, hey man, I got me a mandolin. He said, well, here's a tape, you go learn these songs. And it was Sam Bush and 
David Grisman and Chris Steele <laughs> third time out. He can give you nothing and, easy to learn, no, did he? No, no. <laughs> and one of the first songs that he had me, that we that I learned on the mountain was Rattlesnake. <laughs> but, uh, uh, you remember that one in G minor, mm-hmm. Rattlesnake? I probably can't play it right now. One of the things I do notice is you're, the two of you guys are about the most passionate uh, singers. I mean, I can tell when y'all sing, you feel the song, feel the music, and uh, that it's genuine, which uh, you know, that that doesn't come across a lot with a lot of people. But I can tell that uh, you guys are totally about the music. So what do you have going on? What What happens from here? Well, from here, um, you know, we're, we're planning on playing music as much as possible. I know yeah, that's, that's true. Yeah. It's funny, I uh, worked for myself my whole life and have always had to put my business first, you know, right. everything else. And now I'm at a point in my life where my kids work the store every day and I got all three of my daughters work for me, my son-in-law, got a couple of employees been with me 15 years and I'm spending more and more time playing music. Because I always have dedicated a little bit of time every day. I, I, I remember watching a, was a actually VHS tape of David Grisman, and they were talking about you know, how he keeps his chops up, and he says, I practice three hours a day. So if I don't play three hours a day, I lose a little something. If I practice three hours a day, I stay the same. If I want to learn something else, I practice more than three hours yeah. a day. And so I sat down on the mandolin, and instead of learning 
Billman Row tunes and, and stuff like that, Ralph Stanley tunes, I grabbed a Bach book and got into Thiele and mm-hmm. uh, uh, Mike Marshall and yeah. those, those guys and really tried to to learn some music on the mandolin because I knew that that would pay dividends in the bluegrass stuff because I'm we're not an average we're not really a bluegrass band we didn't call it Oak bluegrass band for true reason, yeah but, yeah and that, you know we, we'll sprinkle some good old traditional bluegrass songs in there just to make the old bluegrass fans but like we say if you're, if you're a bluegrass fan you come here us we'll change your your mind on I gotcha <laughs> and you know that's pretty good too that, I, that did not cross my mind but you're right uh, and that does fit exactly what you do instead of instead of being a traditional bluegrass band. Yeah. We do bluegrass instrumentation, but good music is good music is good music. It is. I okay. No there's good that. rock and roll songs. There's good pop songs. There's good R&B songs. There's great soul songs. There's good bluegrass. There's good country. Well, I haven't been in good country in a long time. But I, <laughs> well, uh, I think we'll probably all agree with that. But uh, um, the performance aspect, the, the, the spontaneity, the musicianship, uh, for me, uh, like my, my oldest daughter, she hates jazz. So I make a point to play jazz right. every time she's around. Because um, I'll never forget my daddy driving down the road listening to the Everly, the, the Everly Brothers. That's another funny, but the, the Everly Brothers were playing her and I got my head hanging out of the window of the truck, just shaking my head. Couldn't believe how horrible I didn't want to have to put up that. And my dad's just over cranking it up as much as that one little speaker in that old C10 truck could go, you know. And as soon as the song finished, the DJ came on and said, Make it 96 points. If your kids don't like it, it's got to be good. And I'll never forget that. So I try to expand my daughter's horizons on music, but she said, What is it about jazz that you like? And for me, it's the it's what I get out of playing music with Brian. It's what I, I get about playing music and the music that I play. The reason I play it is I like to step out on the edge and get that not knowing what's coming next feeling, that, that little bit of, of pulling a little order out of the chaos. And that's what jazz does for me. Every time I feel a little chaotic in life, things are just seem a little scattered, I'll pop some jazz in and just, I guess a musical mind tends to want to pull some order out of that jazz and I'll hear those little runs and I'll hear the turnaround coming. And I can feel a bill coming, and, and, and I say, yeah, you know. And it just takes all that other away. And I play drums in a band some. I play guitar in the band some. I play mandolin in a band some. And actually, what, I played bass with Harvest yeah, a few fun. months ago. Just called me up one evening, what are you doing at 7 o'clock? <laughs> can you be an actual? Can you be an actual? <laughs> and play bass for three hours? <laughs> That's a Was it pre- was it pressure for either one of y'all coming from musical families? I mean, did did, did, did you feel like you had big shoes to fill in any way? No, well, and my older brothers, yeah. I mean, that was a lot. That of- was that was for me. Is it, it was what kept me at home practicing yeah. was just how good they were. Yeah, just how good. Not only them, but just like I mean, 
when I say I go up and sit and watch him play music on Sunday, you know, I'm going up and watching Earl Scruggs yeah, yeah. sit down true. and play banjo with Jerry. Yeah. You know, I was listening to Tex Ritter sing mm-hmm. Old West country songs. I mean, you know, listening to Loretta Lynn and Conway Twitty sing oh, yeah. gospel harmony. On, I was just so blessed. And I didn't realize it at the time, you know, and I was top shelf music yeah. that I was listening oh, yeah. to, you know. Um, I, never, that's, I guess that's why my, my grandmother shook her head all the time. She tolerated it because she knew it was music and she figured it'd come around again. But I never felt, the, yeah, I'm like Brian, the pressure I felt was just was keeping up. Yeah, I'd have Terry say, come here, let me show you something, let me show me something. And then, uh, look what I showed Brian, and then Steve was like, hey, come here. <laughs> That's actually really cool. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it was really I mean, for benefits of yeah, the competition. I, I, I agree. And I, I took some classical guitar lessons early on. Um, just wanted to be different. Yeah, years. oh yeah, you know, oh yeah. It's kind of weird how it happened. My mom bought me the first guitar at Oak Grove Fire Station. It was a Buck Owens guitar. Oh. Red, white, and blue. Yeah, oh, yeah. That. Har- Harold played that guitar Harold at the talent show in elementary school. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Red, white, yeah. Blue yeah, I remember. He played Ghost Riders in the Sky. I remember that. The first song I played was Little Brown Jug, if I remember right. <laughs> My mom showed me the chords for that. Oh, really? And it, I guess that's kind of how it was. Is you know, Dad was such a iconic banjo player. Yeah. I guess is the best way to put it. That uh, the first time I wanted to do it, I didn't go to him first. I said, "Hey, Mom, can you show me how to do this?" Yeah, yeah I can understand that. And yeah, I can. Did, and then, then I showed him. And then when you see the pride in Return from your, you know, siblings. When I, it's funny when I played, I got the guitar and I brought it down out of the closet and I tuned it. Mm-hmm. And that's when he said, "Well, I guess the chores in it," because I t- reminded him of the story he told me about right. that. That if I could tune it, I could play it. And he said, "Well, I'm going to show you." First song you need to learn on guitar, and he showed. Me. Oh, yeah. House of the Rising Sun. <laughs> I didn't realize it, and he showed me that. Okay, well, I learned to play it. I practiced it and learned to play it. When I learned to play it, he said, that song will pay you dividends. And that was the only thing he ever showed me on guitar. But I never realized was it had sweeping, it had cross-picking, it had hammer-ons and pull-offs. Lots of chords, too, from the the beginning. All all the good chords, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, they're all in there. And... uh, when I got where I could play that, he said, now I'm going to show you something to, to pick. And he showed me the... Oh, yeah. Secret agent, man. Well, yeah. what that did was it got me an up and down picking stroke. That's a hammer-on. True. And then pull-offs. And those two songs were the first songs I showed on my cross. Because it, <laughs> it gave, them, you know, gave them something that you yeah. just don't get from... You know what I was... Center, which is right. an adult daycare center, and uh, they take care of people with Alzheimer's. Yeah, I'm afraid that might be me at some point. I'm glad y'all are doing that. Take care of you. Uh, <laughs> my wife and kids say I, I volunteer for them because they saving me a room. Yeah. I'm going ahead and paying for it up front. But uh, we do an annual fundraiser for them, and we're going to do another one to be the fourth annual coming up. 
This was the third one, wasn't it? Second or third? Yeah. Second, I think. Yeah. Right, so we did one with Ashley. Yeah, and this was the second one, so it'll be the third annual coming up. And we did that at the Don Gibson Theater. And uh, going to be playing a Come Here North Carolina concert coming up. I'm not sure of the date on that. That's right. There's a new North Carolina here. Here in North Carolina. Here in North Carolina. If people want to find you guys where you're playing. Facebook. That's the way. Facebook Ogre is Spring Band and Harvest. The official harvest. Yeah, official harvest. Okay. And the official harvest on Facebook and Oak Grove String Band on Facebook. And I uh, also want to give Scott Moss and Hundred Dollar Handshakes a shout out. Shout, shout, yep. shout. I agree. Great little man. I agree great that they are. singer, songwriter. Yep. And I'm blessed to be playing music with him quite a bit. That's good. In a couple of iterations. We, right. He sings an upgrowth string band with me and Brian. And it's funny, you talk about singing the harmonies. He'd been a lead vocalist for right. 10 years, but he never sang harmony. And we sat down and we're learning harmonies and him having to pick a spot. Right. And stay with that spot and, and learning to hear those harmonies. I could sit clicking with him. And you can tell a musician, you know, you show him something right. once and you can tell next time you heard it that that added to their trick book. And uh, his other band he plays in, they come back and said, what have you been doing? Well, that's the truth because he told me that exact same story. He said, I can't. Oh, yeah, he, he told said, me that. I said, I made me smile, Miriam. He said, the first he, time I heard him sing, I said, I'm going to play music with that dude. He told me, he told me, he said, he said, I came to music late, you know, and he said, you know, I could sing okay, but Oak Grove String Band, that's where I learned to sing harmony. He said, I really didn't know first thing and they taught me so much so he gave you guys credit for that yeah, he sure opened up a lot of different musical avenues for me too uh, yeah first time i heard him play i said yeah i'm gonna play some music yeah. yeah and it took me a while but i finally so i'm like brian i'm sneaky i weasel my way in <laughs> i hear through the grapevine the bass player not showing up for a game i'm gonna show up hey man i got my bass in the car right now. <laughs> Get on his Instagram and find out what's coming and going. <laughs> Set some spikes out. Yeah. Invite him to a gig so they won't book a show. He's a busy guy, too. I mean, he's got a lot going on, but, too. And I'll, I'll tell you that, uh, like around here, um, they're finally starting to have some places where local musicians yeah, can, in, yeah. can play. You know, I know how Brian felt, it felt the same way I did when I was starting out here. I couldn't play music in Cleveland County. You couldn't. I, you know, I was playing all up and down the East Coast for Southern Entertainment. Brian was playing all over. Stephen Terry was traveling because if you wanted to play shows for sure. crowds, that's where you had to go. I agree. And uh, since when my granddad died, you know, they closed the music club. Right. Um, how promoters are promoters and takes a special kind of yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah I kind of but uh, understand that when my granddad died he had six months with shows booked for the Crossroads Music Park all country country and bluegrass right. that's what it was and the promoter found a different entertainment group paid him a little more money for the show right. he had a venue for 2,500 people with concessions and, and camping for a thousand and the very last show was uh, 
Bush Clinton and Parliament Funkadelic. And after really? that show, my grandmother said, that's it. She locked the gates, turned the lights off, pulled the meter, turned the water off. And there was never another show across the music park. And that did my grandmother in. I'm sure it did. And, uh, <laughs> it, it left an indelible mark on a lot of people, though, because I still have people come up to me in my business and say, you know, I came to shows when I was a little kid at your oh, granddad's yeah. music park. And I've spent the last 10 years working a little here and there to get that venue back up and running and, and hopefully in the next five or ten years we'll start having upgrove music festivals at the That'd Crossroads Music Park again because in talking to my grandmother about the reason my granddad built that music park was he was a musician and he played every day and when they worked on the road construction he brought his guitar and that's how he earned extra money and when he was at the point where he could build that and had built relationships in the music industry to get bands to come and play, she said it never made a dime of profit. It always paid its bills, but it never made any profit. But all your granddad wanted was to be able to get up on stage with Tex Ritter and play guitar. Ain't nothing and wrong get with up that. on stage with Conway Twitty and play and sing. And a lot of people didn't know my granddad could play or sing. Not in a row because he's like me and Brian, he went off and played. Yeah. He didn't play here, you know. Mm -hmm. he, Built his business, he worked here, but he didn't play. And they had a fundraiser for the Shriners Hospital for children out there. And this one was one memories I have of my granddad. They had a womanless beauty pageant. And when that was over, somebody bid a hundred dollars to hear Tom Brooks sing a song, because he'd been out there cutting up on stage. And he came out in a yellow dress with a hat. I got a picture of him in there with the guitar. And he played an Orchid for a Rose. <laughs> and they were a dry eye place because he could wail. Well, I just let that song run. Oh, and then that, the way that amphitheater was built, I mean, it was acoustically tuned. He, he knew what he was doing. Um, and so that, I'm looking forward to that. That's my goal in, in music, my musical future is to play music with as many fine musicians as I can and well, I think try to memorialize that some way for my children. Because, uh, you know, like I've got this book here of all these things. My grandmother, she took pictures and made recordings and all that. Now it's gone. But just what's in that book's all that's left. Yeah. And I hope to leave a little more for my kids. I hope, I, I can see where both of y'all get to play about anywhere you want to with about anyone you want to. It's real talent, you know, that you guys have. And, and that's a real blessing. That's uh, what it is. It is a blessing. It is. I mean, sometimes it's a curse. I'll be truthful. We, we all know it. You'll get to be my age and still playing, and you know it's like, yeah, I'm old, but you know but my, it's, it's it's part of it. My biggest fear in life is that I die and my wife sells all my instruments for what I told her I paid. Oh for. yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? I, don't don't take it to the pawn shop, baby. You call Brian yeah. or something. Oh yeah. <laughs> Can you guys take me out with something? Y'all want to take me out with something?
Yeah. All right, I want to thank you guys for letting me come here today. Uh, this has been a lot of fun for me. Uh, I can't wait to, for Cleveland County and hopefully more parts of the world to hear your story. Thank you so much, man. Appreciate All right, thank y'all. A final note on the show. Tommy Brooks was kind enough to invite me to his house to do this recording. And he and Brian were just fabulous guests and hosts. There is so much more to their story than what we could cover. But please go check out their live shows. Look up their recorded music. Uh, you can find them on Reverb Nation. And go see them all.